Welcome to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the on-the-ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Hi there guys, it's Sally here for Serviced Accommodation Secrets, the podcast and also the Facebook Live. So this time it's all about an update on money, money mindset, uh, taking payments and also chargebacks. So as SA operators or if you have another business where you use a merchant so that you can uh, take credit cards, you might relate to this. And I did a podcast where I delved into um, chargebacks and the new strong customer authentication rules that were due to come in in September. And actually it turned out that they're being phased in and there's an 18 months period where um, they will not necessarily be, um, what's the word, not essential, um, compulsory. So there's an easing in. And I was actually really looking forward to these new rules because as um, somebody who has a business and we have a lot of online payments, as all of you will who've got service accommodation businesses, um, what can happen is that a guest stays and they pay and then they say they didn't stay, so you have a charge back. Now, there have been various different types of um, platforms that have provided uh, 3D Secure, which is a, a new, um, well, it's been around a little while, but it's um, a new standard in the scheme of things. Generally, that means that we are more secure as merchants and um, there are many more checks done on payments so that they wouldn't be authorised if they were fraudulent. But what I want to touch on today is partly an update on all of that because we've changed slightly what we're doing and this is really immediate because we literally had emails and confirmations today about this but also about chargebacks and what you can do, how you can avoid those, even if you're with somebody like Stripe, who we've been with for a while, and also about money mindset and quoting people. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is, um, you know, you might have had some really great bookings. So we've had some brilliant bookings from corporate agents, and that's really good because they take care of the money side of things. And we've had some direct bookings and we've had booking.com bookings. And I think we have one Airbnb booking, but not that many. And, you know, you still get a few issues when it's Airbnb who take payment. But certainly if you're having lots of booking.com bookings and you're taking your own payments, the first thing that you really need to focus on is due diligence on your guests. Most people are lovely. But that's the first thing. The next thing I want to talk to you about will be the payment process. Um, the next thing is other methods that you can use. So that's number three. Um, number four is what we're doing differently um, so that we can make sure we don't get chargebacks and all of our online payments are as legitimate as possible. And the fifth thing is if you're quoting people like direct bookings, people inquire um, and even on Airbnb people will try and potentially get a deal from you know your own worth I want to go into some of that 
Um, the sixth thing is all about cash flow and the different types of um, payments that you'll receive from different types of people who book. So a look at that. That's really valuable and can help you survive. And the seventh thing is all about having a financial structure. So a business plan, but also a structure for um, your finances generally in your life. So that's really key. And I'll be doing a bit more about that another time because that's a whole um, way of living and your whole ethos as well. So the first thing is that most people are really lovely and really honest and our guests are our lifeblood, of course. And, you know, we're really happy that they come and stay. And most people who are completely honest are completely happy to fill in things like online registration forms, which we have, and to provide ID and to you know just make sure you know they are who they are because after all it protects them as well as you as the provider of your accommodation um, and also you know if their card was dropped and found somewhere um, then if somebody used it fraudulently checks like this can catch people out so we've managed to thwart various fake bookings and things like that because of the due diligence we do with guests. Um, so the first thing is do your due diligence. So if you don't already, get your guests to sign your terms and conditions and agree to them. Get them to supply um, ID. So either their passport or if they're UK um, residents, then a UK driving license is fine. Anything else from overseas, unless it's a, an EU ID card, which you can have from um, certain places, um, then that's okay as well but overseas driving license is no good at all and um, if you want to you can also get a second proof of address if you want because obviously driving licenses don't have that and make sure that you have a phone number for the guests that works because um, we've just had an incident where um, it was the same day booking when I was away and um, it turned out, I didn't realise partway through their stay, that RBA couldn't actually get hold of them. And um, so that is not helpful. You need to be able to actually help your guests. Obviously, people can type in their um, details incorrectly just by mistake. But yeah, you want to be able to contact your guests for all sorts of reasons, but certainly to assist and, and give them service. But also if there are issues, um, sometimes people might have put in a fake phone number and one that doesn't work so you need to check those things and um, so if you have um, a channel manager that allows you to do T's and C's and collect ID that's brilliant otherwise there are various apps that you can use so we use form site to collect hours and you make sure that everything matches and you don't let a guest stay until they've given you this information and you can say, well, how can you stop them? They've booked with um, booking.com, for example, or they might have booked direct. You just don't give them the directions or your access codes to your property um, or the key if they haven't given you all the information. And obviously most people um, are gonna provide that information. Some people are last minute. Hi, Karouge, hope you're well. But, um, you know, and it may be inconvenient if they're last minute booking, but that is the time then I would definitely want to take information. So if somebody's in a rush to check in and they try and rush you, that can sometimes be a sign that they are trying to 
um, you know, do something fraudulent because if they don't want you to take the time to do the things that you need to do and, um, you know, you can't verify who they are because you haven't taken that time, then that means that if they do do something underhand, you know, they're going to get away with it. So don't be rushed. Um, go through your processes regardless of how much time there is um, because if somebody provides inadequate information and you're not happy about them, you can, for example, contact booking.com and mark their card as invalid if you're not happy that their address doesn't match, you know, what you've got for their postcode for their card, for example. And sometimes it might be that a guest is being booked for by a company and that's fine. But sometimes it's actually somebody, you know, who's trying to do something um, fraudulent so you need to differentiate if your address that you've got in your online travel agent like booking.com doesn't match up with what they provide or what's on your driving license follow it up and if the address is in the middle of nowhere and it's not actually a house then obviously it's fraudulent so you just reject the booking and you know you need postcodes quite often to process credit card payments or you can leave it with the guest to actually process the payment you know, they actually fill in the details and then they might have two-factor authentication depending on um, their particular bank might do that. So um, there are different scenarios that will happen, but just make sure you've got full and complete information and you're happy that they are who they say they are. Um, and you can have ring cam as well. You can meet and greet. So those are the last two things that you can do. Um, or you can go and see the guests while they're staying in your property if you're absolutely not sure, but they have actually already um, arrived and gained access. So as I said, most people are great, but this is just stuff that you can do as a routine standard due diligence to make sure these things are minimized and um, in this day and age, I think there's just so much online fraud. And as I say, these regulations haven't come in um, swiftly to support us. So it's really important just to find out who's staying and all their details. And also there's um, the immigration law in this country it means that all hotels and places like service accommodation um, have to take the names of guests over 16 and their nationality and you have to keep a record of that as well. And so we have that in our um, form site form um, because you need to know um, if they're um, from overseas, you need to know their next destination because obviously if they're not supposed to be in the country, um, then the authorities would come back to you to say who did you have staying with you so you need to know and um, it's a bit like if somebody's renting a property on an AST they have to have the right to rent so they have to supply that information so it's a similar thing and we have had a, a genuine guest who came from overseas and he had to um, prove that he was here legitimately as well so you know these things do get checked um, and the second thing then, so once you've made sure your guest is who they're supposed to be, is how to take payment. So payment processes, um, a lot of it's going to be online. So a lot of people like to pay with debit or credit cards. Um, some people might do bank transfers. I'll come to that next. But say if you're usually going to be taking credit cards, I wouldn't normally want to take cash. But I know some people are offered cash on arrival. But it means you've got to check them in. But, you know, <laughs> it's uh, whatever you want to do if you want to do that. But 
I would rather not personally, but um, our payment process has been through Stripe connected with Chiquita, our channel manager for a long time. And I wasn't very happy with the fact we had chargebacks a while ago to do with a fraud. And so we've been looking at um, changing this ever since the new SCA rules didn't really seem to go far enough. And I thought also that um, Stripe and Tukit combined were going to be 3D secure because that was another new rule. But it seemed they aren't. And um, so I had a long chat with the guys on Stripe who do seem very diligent and they have things like radar, they have chargeback protection and all this is to make sure that you're protected in theory, except that Stripe said to me that the transactions they could see that have been done through Tukit, because we would send a Tukit invoice, um, some of them were 3D secure and some of them not. Um, and we weren't eligible for chargeback protection. So what I thought would be really good is to become eligible for chargeback protection, but apparently you have to not use something like to keep um, the channel manager. Uh, it shouldn't be connected in order to do that. You'd actually have to invoice through um, Stripe itself. So they do digital invoices. That's not a huge problem. And I have to actually honestly say I made a mistake and didn't do that in the last um, sort of two or three weeks because Today, we had a chargeback from a guest who stayed um, a little bit earlier in October. And this was one who was a same day booking, checked in. Um, I was away at the time, but it all seemed fine. They did send through their passport. They did send through their um, details, address, signature matches, postcode matches. There's no security alert in Stripe because Stripe has this thing called radar. It alerts you if it's a high risk transaction, all seem fine. Um, and we didn't know anything was wrong. Although I have to say they were booking.com guests stayed for a week. I did raise an issue with, book, with booking.com because I had to report guest misconduct because A, they had an extra guest. They did book for two, not just one to be fair. Um, and they did leave quite a big mess that so took longer to clean up. So, um, you know, it's one of those things. Um, if I was ever going to decide I wasn't going to use Stripe, which we've been putting something else in place I'll talk to you about in a moment um, and I needed something to help me decide then early this morning seeing we've got a dispute there was the deciding factor um, and on that note we do also have another outstanding chargeback and I'm hoping that this one as well as this previous one will actually come in our favour but I don't know for sure because we did have correct ID, we did have passports that match, we do have all of um, the correct information signatures etc um all we don't have is pictures of the people actually in the property but we'll see how it works out um i have to be positive although i know lots of people say you never win any of these but i know sometimes people do and we've done everything we can really except to actually photograph these guys during their stay in the property um and ask for more id from them in person so um we didn't do that but uh, the previous guest actually cancelled and that was the same day booking and we had to mark them as a no-show um, but it was within our cancellation period again we had all of the details um, and so that should be a legitimate um, sale legitimate purchase but that chap makes the uh, chargeback and it takes quite a long time for all this to go through so we 
um, basically would suggest that if you are using Strike with Tiki, and I know I've got some mentees who are doing this, I would look at invoicing directly through Stripe when it's a credit card payment and um, actually getting chargeback protection, which is 0.4% on top of the rate, because you can do that then. Or you can use a different payment method. Um, because I'm not happy, although I've questioned Key about this a lot. Hi there, guys, who are all here. Good to see you, by the way. Um, Tukit don't really give a satisfactory answer. They say that they are within all the rules and they've introduced 3D Secure, but clearly, um, from what Stripe said, they haven't done that. So really, I would say if you're using it still at the moment and it seemed like a logical thing to do, then create invoices directly in Stripe. So my mentees will be helping you with that and showing you what to do. Um, other guys, I know some use, some people use SagePay and, and that's um, 3D Secure and there are lots of other different merchants, but we've actually looked at PayZone, which I'll go into in a minute as well. So the third thing is that um, you can do a, a BAX transfer. If you provide your company bank details, so sort code, account number if it's overseas they might want your IBAN SWIFT code etc so you can provide those and make sure the funds are cleared in your account before you send out any further information to your guests so you can do that that's obviously something to do but just make sure you don't take the payment and not wait for that clearing to go on because it's really important to make sure that the funds are in your account um, again, make sure you've got your due diligence in place on, on who it's from, etc. Um, so that was a quick one. So number four, we are actually switching to PayZone. And um, PayZone actually came out to see us to talk to us about their service. And it's a very similar cost to Stripe, um, slightly lower. They do it slightly differently in that they actually have an annual charge they charge you. So with Stripe, you just use it and you don't have a, a separate agreement um, but PayZone do all the um, SCA um, they, they have all the 3D secure and you know really high number of checks done within you know sub-second of the transaction going through so if um, the, uh, somebody had a card and they tried to pay remotely or if you tried to pay um, try to process with that card and the checks were done and they failed that card would be declined um, rather than just going through also if there was an instance where the guest had said they hadn't been there so they would normally have raised the charge back in um, uh, stripe so it's a dispute within something like PayZone. PayZone don't take the money from you as the merchant, whereas Stripe, they take the money from you immediately and they charge you a fee of 15 pounds as well. Whereas, you know, if you do all the due diligence that we do, and the guy from PayZone said that basically we do more than anyone he's ever come across, um, then, you know, you've done everything you can do. There's no alert, everything matches. Then um, potentially it could be um, you know, a fraud where somebody's cloned a card or somebody's just saying that they um, weren't there when they were or they forgot or something like that, you know. So they don't take the money from you, they resolve it. 
And so they do a lot more checks and they're also affiliated with a bank as well. And um, so that's FCA regulated, whereas um, Stripe, PayPal, etc., you don't have any of that. Um, so we're going to be doing that instead. And um, so if you've seen anything about PayZone on um, any of the service accommodation Facebook groups, it does seem to be like people have really high satisfaction with it. And it's looking like we actually won't be getting chargebacks through it at all. And what they have is a payment gateway. So a bit like um, when we currently send a digital invoice and you might have these through Stripe, through Xero, through Tukit, through your channel manager, any other way that you do these things what you can do is send it to the guests and they click on pay with card or something similar enter their details um, or if you process it for them then you'd enter their details and then it's either authorized or not now if it's authorized with stripe they do say that if you haven't got the chargeback protection um then actually it can't be 3D secure through them. Um, if you're taking it over the phone, the guest has to actually fill it in um, because if there was customer authentication, the guest would actually have to complete that. So two-factor authentication is a bit like if you do phone banking and you're sent a code on your phone, so you enter a text into a box. So it's that kind of thing. Whereas PayZone say it doesn't matter how we take the booking, whether we process the payment, whether the guest does it, whether it's over the phone, whatever, it's still protected 3D secure, so it's still okay. So that's quite exciting because the problem with taking payments um, uh, over the phone, if they're not covered, you know, like through Stripe, then we're like, you know, we don't want to speak to guests over the phone and take their payments, but that's a brilliant customer service um, example, isn't it? Where you can say to a guest, oh, I can take your booking now. Would you like to pay? And then it helps to decide immediately that they want to um, book and they, you know, they paid. So it's confirmed. And also if you say, well, I'm going to send you an invoice and you'll need to click on card. It's just a hassle. It's just something else for them to do. So by being able to take payments over the phone, it's actually a much nicer customer service experience for your guests as well as being efficient for you. So I'm quite excited about that. And yeah, we actually had all our login details come through today for PayZone. So it was like the universe telling me with that chargeback, I think came in at five, I saw it at eight and it was like, oh my goodness. Um, so the universe tells you to do things, doesn't it? And actually, as I say, it was my mistake really not to switch to um, Stripe invoices and have the chargeback protection in any case. So if you want to stay with Stripe or something similar, um, you know, some of you might use PayPal, then just make sure that you are covered in case of chargebacks. Um, so the fifth thing I'm going to go to is your... Um, direct bookings or quotes that you give to guests so if you have a guest who um, has stayed before and they just want to keep coming back booking directly with you that's great but sometimes what you can find with businesses or personal um, you know leisure guests um, you can find that they want to get even more of a discount than is viable. Now, lots of people we have come back, they don't even question it. And we have a winter rate and a summer rate. Summer rates have been fine for lots of them. Um, 
But we had a great uh, month-long booking from one company, as two people, and then a series of shorter bookings. But we also had a request for a longer-term booking, like three months with these particular um, guests from this company. And we gave them a quote, thought that was fine, and it was a really nice um, kind of booking as well. But then they came back wanting something like nearly 40% off and honestly, it's like, no. So my message here is really know your own worth and the value that you're adding to people because, uh, you know, if you've got a service accommodation unit, you're keeping it in an amazing condition. You're offering something wonderful to people. It's like a hotel suite rather than just the four walls of your hotel room. And so you're fully servicing it. You have service cleans, a welcome pack, really nice place to stay. Um, so if they aren't willing to pay for that, then they can't have it, is my feeling. So in the past, I'd have thought, oh, I really should take this long booking because it takes away, you know, the uncertainty of shorter bookings. But, you know, we might get a booking for a month with six people, which we had um, this year. We've got another month with a couple of people. We've got corporate bookings with another company, one's two months, one's four months, and there's possibly another um, four months one coming. And so, you know, just don't have that feeling of scarcity, really feel abundance and that your place is awesome and your service is awesome and what you're offering is fantastic. So it's really worthwhile. So don't just discount what you're doing purely um, to get the bookings. And this was a real lesson to me because I'm still doing my um, abundance meditation and it's like it was sent to me to test me really it's like will you accept this it's like no way um, and I did work it out in Excel and Pete um, is brilliant with Excel so he ironed out a couple of issues um, so we made a whole new quote and if they can afford it and it's right for them then they'll stay and if it's not then so be it I mean we might be able to negotiate a little bit but with direct bookings you don't want to end up deducting more than you would pay in commission to um, say Airbnb or corporate agent you know there's really no point and with corporate agents we don't take on their clients directly we always work through them because they're the ones finding um, those clients for us so we wouldn't do that it's only people who randomly find us or decide they don't want to go through booking.com etc um, so that kind of thing so know your own worth and um, don't think with a scarcity mindset just think no it's good what the value i offer is really worthwhile so keep that in mind and the sixth thing is really thinking about your cash flow so if you have lots of direct bookings that's great but make sure that you do get paid for the period that people are booking um, if you really have to go for something like a monthly payment say if it's a year-long booking then, um, you know, it may be that they're happy to pay and things work out. But um, I know some people have had issues where companies in, you know, got teams in their service accommodation and then they're not paying. So um, it's worth getting a debt collector and going to court and things like that. Don't be shy of doing that kind of thing. But what I'd much rather have is a payment upfront um, for something like three months because then they get the rate. Because after all, if they stay for a month and then say, actually, I'm not renewing, they've got a three-month rate for a month. So, you know, make sure that um, you've got that figured out. But also in terms of cash flow. So if you get paid at time of booking, which um, we 
normally do for direct bookings, for booking.com and so forth, then that's great. If you get paid by um, other OTAs at home away, or you might have that arrangement with um, booking.com, you get paid later, then bear that in mind because you'll get the income later. And Airbnb usually get paid the day after the guest checks in. Um, corporate agents can take a while. So we went from having payment with booking to like 40 days later. And when it's a lot um, of money and there's a lot of outgoings in the meantime, you're doing service cleans and so forth, um, you know, you really have to look at that and see, um, you know, how that's going to work and plan for your cash flow there. And, uh, you know, just be really upfront with um what's happening with people like your landlords and freeholders if you have any issues I strongly recommend that so um, if you've got a variety of booking types it really does help your cash flow so if you've got a mix of those it really is good um, and ideally you don't want to be using um, income or revenue from bookings until the guest is actually there because if you had a cancellation and had to give the money back then you know you've used that money already so manage the money in that way and the seventh thing the final thing is um financial structure financial plan and i must admit i'm somebody who just goes out headlong and just does things but we did create pete and i a, a business plan before we started our business and actually i'm working with some of my mastermind uh, mentees to get the business plan really in place for what they're doing so it's what you're doing in your business why you're doing it um what your usp is so your unique service um what is it that's special about you and you know what value are you bringing what is your marketing you know all of these things and all of your numbers and cash flow forecasts in your business plan so if you haven't started your business yet i strongly recommend you get that done and you can go to the Prince's Trust and download their templates because they are really good and there are guides about the business plan as well. So do that, but also have it as an overall financial plan. So you've got your business, but you might have other sources of income, other investments, you might have property already, you might be looking to get property, um, you might have other trading type businesses, you know, like service accommodation, being an operator is um, a trading business because you have income coming in for the services you provide so have an overall plan for that and I'm quite excited I'm doing some more work on this um, with Dylan Denicha with the um, make a difference so mad millionaire system that he has so all of these things feed back into your whole life as well as your business and if you uh, work on things at the root and make them better at the root then all of that has a ripple effect across everything you're doing so that really will help you a lot so I'm quite looking forward to doing more work on that I've got some exciting things coming up so I'm just going to summarize that for you so I hope that's useful uh, our money mindset, taking payments and chargebacks. So first thing is do your due diligence on your guests. And most people are lovely, but it's just part of your process. If you do it, most people are happy, then you're going to have the information and don't let people check in unless you do. Second thing is payment. So 
you know you might want to uh, look at having chargeback protection if you're using stripe otherwise whichever um, type of system that you use whether it's paypal or SagePay, whatever it is make sure that you've got something in line with the regulations if possible or at least working towards that so that um you're protected so as i say pay zone as well and that's what we're moving to so but there are ways if you're not in a an environment where you have all that 3d secure um uh, transactions then there are ways around it like with stripe you can have your invoice directly with them and get the protection third thing is if you get bank transfers just make sure they clear and they're completely valid before your guests check in but that is quite a good way of doing things you'll have your bank fees but you won't have credit card fees um fourth thing is yeah we're moving to pay zone so if you want to check that out then do it seems like it's pretty good service and protects us as businesses more than other people and that's just the decision that we've we've come to and so we'll update you on how that works out and um, fifth thing is know your worth so if people want cheaper quotes um within reason you know give people discounts especially if they're direct returning customers you don't have to pay commissions but equally you want to um, make sure that you're actually making money if you only break even really what's the point you'll just have all the wear and tear on your property so you need to be charging a high enough rate not to even be 100% booked um, to be making money ideally but if you are um, getting long bookings make sure that they're helpful and not something you're going to end up being trapped in because it has to be win-win um, with the sixth thing it's cash flow so have different types of bookings coming in so direct paying being paid with booking um, Airbnb when guests have arrived and um, corporate bookings will be later because you'll be invoicing them some do actually pay quite quickly others it's a month in arrears so just plan for that and uh, yeah the seventh thing is really your financial planning for your business to so have a business plan all your numbers and forecasts in there and match up with reality and have a financial structure for your life as well so that's the seven points i hope you find that helpful if you've got any questions about anything that i talked about then do post below in the post on facebook and also if you'd like to join our community service accommodation secrets the group then do send a request or you can also go to the page service accommodation secrets page when if you think this might help anyone else um, or if you need any help with these things then do get in touch and do pass the information on to anyone who think it might assist all right thanks so much for tuning in guys take care sharing the secrets of success